All right, we're back with more uh, BC Buckets podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University basketball. This is Matt Gall here with head coach Mark Svigera, and uh, we're doing this over Zoom tonight. Uh, Briarcliff recently went to a code orange, so we're uh, playing it safe here and just making sure we keep extra people off of campus so that way we can get things back to normal as quickly as possible and hopefully get fans back in the stands uh, here as soon as we can. So we're doing this over Zoom. Uh, hopefully the uh, dog barking in the background isn't too obnoxious here, but uh, we're going to make it work because fortunately we've got the technology to do it. So uh, coach, how you been the last week or so? Well, things are good, Matt. Things are good. You know, another week of practice down, um, making a few adjustments here and there. And like all things, when you, when you think about something in your head, sometimes it sounds like a really awesome idea. And then when you see it, in application, it's not as awesome as you thought. That's where we're at with, you know, a couple little detail things on the defensive side right now. So we're making some tweaks. Um, nothing crazy, but, you know, just something that's the guys need some more reps to, to really build the habits of doing. Um, but it, it's been good. Um, real excited that this is the first podcast of this season with a guest, and we've got a, a big-time one with us today. I know we'll talk about him later and, and talk to him later. But, uh, you know, having all-time assist leader Shane Graves not only back on the staff but now as a first-time podcast guest, that's, uh, you know, we've kind of made it, in my opinion, at this point. Yeah, I'm excited to, to talk to him. You know, there's a lot of special moments that he was part of in this gym and with this program. Uh, it's great that, you know, he was able to get back here and, and get to uh, get an opportunity to be part of the program. You know, I think that's what's really special about this program. We talked about that last year too with Coach Leffler helping out, you know, and Coach Forbes and Shipley. There's just a lot of continuity with guys, uh, you know, sticking around as they have time and the ability to do so. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk to Shane. You know, and it's, it's funny you bring up the, the moments. I was thinking about that when I asked him to be on the podcast because I know what I know you'll ask him later about his moments, but um you know there's two that really stand out to me in his career and and I was the assistant coach for his entire career but you know he and I had a pretty close relationship and you know there were certainly times I would definitely push his buttons um to try to get him going a little bit but uh one was his freshman year I think it was our first home game and he hit a game-winning layup uh to beat Ashford we were down one he kind of went coast to coast um, and scored at the buzzer and you know he just kind of knew and I think we knew when Shane came here I, I say we as, as Nick Nelson and I I think we knew he was going to be really good you know and he stepped right in started as a freshman I think Shane started all but one game of his career and that was he was coming off of an injury when he didn't and so to see him make that play was kind of affirmation for us that we saw this right and then the second one it's not a moment it's kind of a entire half of a game and it was against Bethel in the 2016 sweet 16. So that was a year we were 32 and four that year and Shane had a great year. He really struggled to shoot the ball from the three that year, just kind of inconsistent, never got a great groove going. And that game, they were really playing off of him in the basketball world. We call it dorking somebody <laughs> and uh, just basically daring him to shoot threes going under screens. I think Shane had 19 points in the first half and hit four or five threes 
And it was just awesome to see, you know, that's the kind of confidence he played with, um, you know, that he was going to take advantage of how the defense was playing him and make him pay for it. And he, he just always had that kind of confidence. And I think our teams for four years fed off that coming from the point guard. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to have Shane, like I said, on staff, but on the podcast today. Yeah, you know, you think of him and you think of him distributing the ball. But, you know, one thing I recall is that if he if you gave him, you know, some space to get in the lane, he could go finish at the rim, even despite yeah. mismatches physically, you know, with height and that sort of thing. And I'm sure he's caught his fair share of crap about his size. But, you know, he's a smart player. And uh, just the the ball position and the way he would go in and be smart and use his body to create – you know, advantages where maybe it didn't look that way. You know, just a really smart – yeah. he took good risks getting the ball in there and, um, you know, more of an offensive threat than I think you think when you think of Shane Graves. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy that scored 1,400 points in his career here. Yeah. You know, he, he could absolutely score the ball. And I always laugh now even, even, you know, seven, eight years later when we recruited that class, you know, it was, it was Shane Graves, Austin Leffler, Brian Forbes. They were all in the same class and – you know, people would ask us what we were doing, bringing in Shane Graves and Austin Leffler, you know, two undersized guards that played point guard in high school. And everybody said, you know, hey, can't play, you know, they can't play together. And our response is, yeah, they can. You know, we, I, I think we just knew that it was going to work. And everybody said they're too small, they're too this. But you know what? Good players are good players. And, and we're not going to get caught up in size. And that's still our philosophy. And I know we're going to talk about the roster, and it's probably going to sound familiar to a lot of people. We're very guard-oriented, you know, a little bit undersized at some spots, but, you know, we're going to find ways to make up for that. And at the end of the day, we want really good basketball players to put on the floor. It's not about how tall you are, how strong you are. It's about what you can do on the floor. So, so what, what's that? Get into that because, you know, we're still a couple weeks out. Well, still a couple weeks out. I should say we're only a couple weeks out from game starting, uh, which is, you know, pretty unbelievable and pretty exciting. But uh, we'll talk more about the schedule and, and get into some of the matchups, you know, as we as we draw closer. But, you know, one thing we do need to talk about is, is the guys who um, are taking the court for you this year. So, you know, I, I know you've got a, a lot of guys, and I'm sure you're still kind of figuring some things out in terms of um, rotations and those sorts of things. So, uh, why don't you just kind of fill us in on returners, uh, some of the returners you got, and then talk about, you know, the the newcomers to the program and what you're seeing out of people in general. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Matt, you hit the nail right on the head there where we play in, as we record this, it's Monday the 12th. We play in 12 days, and, you know, we, we still don't know who's going to be in that main rotation on, on opening night. I think that's that's okay. You know, we've still got a little bit of time to figure that out. But I also think it, it speaks to the depth that we have on the team this year. Um, I think one through, you know, 17, 19, depending on the day, how many guys we have in practice, you know, there's not going to be a huge drop-off from first five, second five, third, whatever. And that's that's been a good thing for our program. It makes for competitive practices, and that's something that we strive to have every year. But uh, to talk individually about some of the guys, you know, I think we – we need to start with the seniors. We have two of them on the roster this year, um, Ethan Friedel and Will Johnson. And, you know, Ethan is, is coming off a junior season that was hampered with a, a pretty bad ankle injury. I think all told he missed 10 weeks and 11 games and was never quite 100% healthy afterwards. 
Um, but he's a guy that's already a thousand point scorer, been a three time all G Pack player. Last year was National Player of the Week, G Pack Player of the Week. Um, you know, he's he's played in a lot of huge games. He's had a lot of huge moments for us. And, and as a senior, we're going to expect him to be able to do that on a nightly basis for us. And, you know, he's been, he had off season ankle surgery um, just to kind of clean up and fix everything in that ankle that was hampering him last year. And so we've really taken it slow with him working him back into practice. This is kind of the first week. He's been 100% full bore all day, every day um, in practice. And so right now it's, it's about getting his conditioning and, and making sure he's ready to roll here in two weeks. Um, but he's, you know, he's obviously a name that the listeners know. He's been on the podcast. He's, you know, he's done a lot of good things for us. Um, and then our other seniors, Will Johnson, um, who Will last year as a junior, you know, he played for us in spots, not always regularly. But he, he really did have a good offseason, and he's incredibly competitive. He's a great leader. And, you know, he's a guy that, that we're looking for to, uh, you know, give us a lot of minutes this year where he can. And he's, you know, gives us something different from a lot of our other guards. He's, he's more of a driver, distributor first, um, tough defender, has the ability to make some plays on the defensive side. And, you know, between those guys, the biggest thing I think we ask for out of our seniors in general is just – the leadership and the ability to set the tone for everybody else in terms of how we practice, how we go about our day-to-day business. And, and, you know, so far I think those guys have done a really good job, you know, so that that's our two seniors. Um, I'm going to skip now to the new guys cause you brought that up and I'll fill in a little bit here and there too. Um, but we have right now, like I said, depending on the day we have 17 or 19 guys in practice, just depends on how we kind of split things up that day. But we have in that group, four freshmen and three transfers, uh, two junior college transfers. And then I guess we're going to qualify Kyle Borhave as a transfer. Um, and, and Kyle played for us two years ago. He was a freshman and, and started 26 games for us um, and, and then left the program uh, for a year. And now he's back. So we're excited to have Kyle back. Um, he's, he, like I said, had a great freshman year on a really good team for us. Um, and then two junior college kids, Chris Morales, who actually was a high school teammate of Ethan Friedel um, and played at Minnesota West Community College. And then Andrew Gibb um, is a junior college transfer, but actually transferred after his freshman year. So he has three years to play. So he's actually a sophomore. But uh, he played at Iowa Central Community College, had a really good year for him. And so those guys are, you know, like just like freshmen in a lot of ways. They're coming into a different program and, and learning, but they're doing a really, really good job. And, you know, I think our whole freshman class in general, you know, there's four of them on the varsity and there's, you know, a handful with the junior varsity. I do think it's a really talented class and, and one we're excited to see what they can do. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm sure over the next four years, we'll talk about those guys a ton, but uh, you know, that's, that's seven new guys out of 19, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big number, but I think, those guys on the whole have done a really good job of, of picking things up and, you know, every day they're learning. And I think one of the best things they can learn from is, is just the other players watching the older guys, how they do it, asking questions of those guys, because, you know, I can coach the X's and O's and tell them this and that, but sometimes it just means more when it comes from a senior who's been doing it for three years. Um, so, you know, seven new guys. And then, you know, in between in the sophomore and junior classes, um, there's a lot of returning experience there. You know, you look at the juniors and Jaden Klein-Hesslink, 
he's been a two-time all-GPAC player in his first two years. Um, you know, you look at the sophomores. Nick Hoyt started games for us last year as a freshman, and I think he ended second in the country in three-point percentage, um, about 53%. Um, Connor Grove started a bunch of games for us as a freshman, averaged eight points a game. So you got both those guys back. Cody Hicks played off the bench um, at times as a freshman last year, and he's actually grown a little bit both in height and weight, which was awesome on both counts for Cody, but he, he's doing a good job. And then, you know, we've got a couple other guys who, you know, maybe didn't play a ton last year, but it, I think had really good off seasons and, and put themselves in a position to compete for, for a much more prominent role. And, and that would be Quentin Vasa, who's a, a junior, you know, 6'8", kind of a, I would call him a hybrid post player. He can do a little bit inside, a little bit outside. He can shoot the three a little bit, um, but he brings us a lot of length. He's a really good um, communicator on the defensive side and a really high IQ player. And a little bit here and there in the second half of the year, he's an, I, we're looking for him to, you know, take some big steps forward this year. So that's that's kind of the brief overview, and I, I certainly didn't hit on every single guy. Um, I think, in general, I've been really pleased with our guys from 1 through 19. However, that ends up breaking down. I think there's a lot of experience mixed with some youth and some inexperience, but it's so far it's been, if, if we could have gone back three weeks, you told me on October 12th, this is where you'd be as a team right now. I think I'd be pretty happy with that. Well, we'll certainly, you know, hear more about uh, these guys as the season progresses and, um, you know, we'll hopefully hear from some of these guys on the podcast, get them, some of them in as guests and, and, uh, hear about how things are going, but it's going to be exciting to see. One thing I'm really excited to see is how, um, you know, uh, Ethan Friedel kind of steps into that senior leader role just because he's had some, you know, some dudes before him in those classes above him where, you know, he's, he's had other, you know, strong leaders on the team. And, and I know he's a leader too, but you know, now he's the guy. So, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to watch, and hopefully he doesn't lock himself in a locker room again. That'll be really important, I think, especially senior year. Well, you know that was actually Bobby and Ethan Erdman's fault. We're gonna put that mostly on Bobby, though. So right. uh, that that wasn't his fault, actually. Okay, but we'll give him a pass a funny, for that. A funny story, a funny story nonetheless. So, without uh, any further ado, we'll get right to uh, with right to our guests that we have on for this week's uh, podcast, and and the first guest of the new season, which, you know, only three people on earth have been able to claim that title of the first guest of the season. So it's not something that I think uh, you should take lightly, Shane. Uh, and of course, I'm talking to 2017 graduate of uh, Briarcliff University and the Briarcliff basketball program, uh, also the all-time assist leader for the program, and now uh, an assistant coach with the program, Shane Graves. Shane, welcome. How you been? I've been doing good, man. Thanks for having me. And I think uh, right there, I got to hear the first three before I can say if I even want to be a part of that group. Is Jake Bill anywhere in that? No. I'd have to really go back and check. I, I think the first ever guest was Coach Nelson. And last year's first guest, I would have to go back and look, to be honest with you. Uh, I got you guys on the spot now. But yeah. uh, no, it's good to be here. Um, good to be back around campus. I'm enjoying starting coaching. So yeah, I appreciate you having me on. So did you ever uh, envision yourself getting back into not only this gym, but a gym? Did you see yourself coaching? I know you left and kind of did the professional thing for a while, and you're still doing that. I know coaching is not your full-time gig, but uh, did you ever see yourself back in this gym? 
helping this program? Uh, you know, I, honestly, to be honest, at first I didn't, but I, uh, I think I went, what, three, three and a half years now, basically, of not being around. I mean, I played, you know, a handful of times since I graduated college until recently when I moved back to Sioux City. I was in Denver for three years and um, kind of just wanted to take a little break from it. I've obviously played and been around it my whole life, and um, it was good to get away, but as any Hooper knows, as soon as you, uh, you start to get that itch again, it's pretty hard to stay away. So um, I think after I, I started playing noon ball a little bit once I moved back here about six months ago, and and then I got the itch, and um, I, when the opportunity came and Spaghetti was like, you know, we need a little more help, I jumped on it. So um, I can't say I definitely was, you know, knew that I'd come back, but I don't know, just that feeling, and uh, I'm damn sure glad I did. So I, I know, you know, we've seen you around it and heard your name come up with some of the guys. Um, so you're not – you haven't been totally disattached from the program, but um, I guess being removed about three years now – you know, do you notice things in, in how, like, the day-to-day -day has changed? Or are there big cultural changes with the program that you had to get used to? Or did you feel like you were just stepping right back into what you left? No, I mean, there's there's obviously some changes with, you know, every new team that comes in. And then Coach Figuera taking – obviously, Coach Nelson was the head coach when I was here. And so I knew Figuera kind of in a different role. He was kind of the fun guy, you know, maybe the guy who – used to make people laugh or cheer him up when they were having hard days or just someone to talk to as an outlet. And now he's kind of the big head around here. So that's a little bit different, you know, in practice, I kind of, our relationship was always, you know, um, he liked to piss me off still, but we were, we had more of a friendly relationship and now he's a, he's a bit more serious, which, um, you know, rightfully so. But other than that, no, not really. I mean, the culture's still the same. We, we, Obviously, I'm striving to, to be great in the league and, and make the national tournament. And, um, you know, all the day-to-day -day stuff that they're doing, lifting, um, team meetings, film, all that stuff's still happening. So other than that, and obviously with every different group of guys, uh, it's, it's a different, little bit different of a culture. So, um, you know, the team feels a little bit different from when I was here. They have their, their little own, um, you know, niche that they got going on. But other than that, no, it feels like pretty much at home. And, and I was kind of expecting it to be like that, um, especially with Coach Forbes being his assistant. Um, we've known each other for, you know, countless years now. So um, it really did. It wasn't really a hard transition for me coming in. You know, I don't feel uncomfortable at practice speaking up or giving my thoughts, sharing my thoughts. So it's been good. It's been a nice transition for me. And, uh, uh, yeah, it feels like home for sure. So let me you clarify something there. And James <laughs> said I, I tried to piss him off. That's 100% true, and that was 100% planned most of the time. Just because, you know, Shane needed that a little bit. Sometimes I needed to just knock him down a peg, and, uh, you know, so that, that's why that was. And on a serious note, though, um, you know, having Coach Graves, still not quite used to saying that, um, but having Coach Graves with us has been a big-time addition because, you know, one, he knows a lot of the stuff we're trying to do, you know, from a – from a philosophical standpoint, we haven't gone through any kind of massive overhaul of what we're trying to do in the program. Um, two, his, his pride in the program is evident. And, and just, you know, the fact that he's willing to help us out when he can, when his job allows him to. Um, so it, it's been awesome having him back. And so all jokes aside and all the crap I'm going to talk about him the rest of this podcast, um, you know, it is great to have Coach back. See, I knew I knew that was coming. That's why I had to get the first jab in that he used to piss me off, because I knew it was coming in this podcast right here today. <laughs> and and to, to backtrack, the first guest of season two was Jake Carley, 
who's now a junior on the team. Okay. So it's, it's been Nick Nelson, Jake Carley, Shane Grace. It's not bad company. Not bad company. So, Shane, you know, we talked a little bit ago about um, the roster and, and uh, you know, a lot of newcomers coming in, a lot of talented new guys, a lot of returners. Just uh, generally speaking, you as the all-time assist leader, do you recognize anyone in this freshman uh, in this freshman group who could sling it around and, and uh, maybe climb on top of that mountain and steal that record from you? Do you see potential there? Uh, you know, I, I don't think my, my assist record is high enough where I can say that it will never be beat. Um, so I definitely think it could happen. As of right now, um, I see a bunch of shooters on our team. Um, so I'm hoping I can keep that for a few more years. But I'm not going to rule it out because, hey, you never know. Transfer comes in, a new guy comes in that I haven't seen, and, and they can really pass it around. Um, my advantage was that I played four years, um, all four years. So I think uh, until, until someone does that or, you know, we have someone come in who's just Pete Maravich, I think I, I should hold it for a while. But I, you never know. I'm not going to count it out. You know, it's interesting, too, because the guy who, who had the record for a long time, Jeff Donaldson, that record held for 30 plus years and you know it took that long to, to break that record and, and and Shane's exactly right you know he came in and as a freshman was our starting point guard pretty much from the get-go and that that just doesn't happen at that position all that often and I think Shane would also agree that he played with some absolute dudes in his time which made his job a little bit easier um, and I'll also throw this out there that you know I think Eric Erdman could have come close um, had he not gotten hurt his senior year, but uh, you know, 475 is a lot of assists when you when you break that down on a per game average. So it's uh, it's going to be a tough one to beat for sure. Yeah, and to that point, I think too that's that's one of the reasons why I can't say that it won't ever get broke because, like Coach Figueroa said, um, the guys I play with, obviously we had you know a bunch of phenomenal shooters, um, great finishers around the rim that I played with. Um, guys who, you know, made my job easier because if their guy helped off at all, um, you know, they were knocking down shots. So definitely agree with him on that. Um, and so obviously if that happens again, I could, I could see it getting broke. But for now, I'm holding on to her. We talked last week about the little shrine that Coach Forbes built to himself over in the coach's offices there. Um, I, do you, is there anything in there with you highlighting uh, your contribution? It's funny that you did that because the first – First thing I walked in, and I said, "Nice office," but why does he have this shrine over here? <laughs> I, I think, but I think I, before I leave it, I might put some of these down, or maybe like write my name in on the side of it, just so I can get some credit for it. But in all seriousness, the kid does have about, rightfully so, about fifteen trophies over there from his time at Briarcliff that he's won. Um, you know, a lot. Of, he had a, obviously a huge impact when I was here. Um, phenomenal teammate, phenomenal guy. So. Uh, if I had that many like he did, I would be uh, showing those off too. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. I don't know that uh, he can claim that any of those were uh, totally an individual effort. I think you were part of a lot of those plays that helped make that stuff happen. But uh, I, I appreciate gonna... that. He'd probably say different. <laughs> well, I'm gonna make it a goal every podcast to uh, call out this shrine, just so we. <laughs> Make it a, a running uh, a running joke here, but uh, I can tell you what I, I just knowing Brian. As soon as he hears this get called out more than once, this shrine is going to get moved somewhere where no one will be able to see it. I expect I, it to I, get I just bigger. Know that's what he's going to do. Uh, I don't know. He might be the guy who's like, "Oh no, screw that! I didn't want you guys to make fun of me." <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, it would be funny if he just started adding something every time it gets brought up on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just makes his own, like, coach, coach of the week. So we asked this, um, you know, we asked this of all former players who come on the podcast here, but um, we, we mentioned last week that team kind of in that, you know, in that 2013 to 2017 range, um, you know, had a, a lot of uh, special seasons and a lot of special games. Do you have one game that, uh, you know, that stands out to you above all others? I know we've had some guys you've played with, and so there's some common games that, that tend to pop up. Is there one moment, I guess, uh, in particular, uh, if you don't want to go with a game, that really stood out in terms of, you know, kind of highlighting your collegiate career? Man, that's a tough question. I know for me, definitely, you know, on the court was great, but just being around the guys was was my favorite part. And all the little memories that we still have a group chat of, you know, like 20 of us from that time that, I mean, it's constant. It's still every day. There's something going on in that group chat, you know, old memories or new stuff we're talking about. Um, you know, we got former teammates that are, you know, now married and they're going to have kids. And so we're getting to see that. We're going to go to all the weddings, see the kids. So I think that but as far as the game goes i'm sure other people have said this game but my junior year when we played at here for the conference tournament championship against nebraska wesleyan uh, i mean just the atmosphere there, there this place was packed well you couldn't even walk in here and our student section was just on fire i mean they were so loud and we had guys um you know a couple guys austin Poland that i that i can remember from that game where he just had a monster game and really helped us and it, it just really felt like a team win after that and one of those games where it could have went either way and I think that's kind of where we started to get that feel that you know we got a real chance at this because we're in some tight games against really good teams who we know are going to be you know in the national tournament making it deep as well and and we're beating them and we're pulling through in these these big games so I think that was a huge game for us especially going into the national tournament that year and eventually making it to the elite eight um I think that game really boosted us and you know, from a toughness standpoint, um, I think it, it showed us that we were we could play with just about anybody. Coach Figuera, you know, last week we talked about uh, Ron Schultz hanging it up in his coaching career. Um, how how well so far this season has Coach Graves been able to fill those shoes? Uh, let me jump in. <laughs> I've been here for three weeks now. What month? Three weeks? Yeah. I have called a hundred times better as a referee than coach Schultz ever will. I want him to hear this. I used to complain every day in practice and I'd get yelled at and I just wanted to know he can come check out practice. He was here one day. My refereeing skills are on fire. I, I mean, I might, I might as well be a GPAC ref at this point because I mean, I just, I just don't miss calls. Um, well, to answer that question, Matt, you, you know this cause you know, both parties involved, very, very different personalities. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Coach Schultz had a very unique quality that he could calm me down at my craziest. And I don't know that Coach Graves possesses that, um, but he's, he's bringing a lot of other really good things to the table. So um, that, that Coach Schultz job is going to be by committee for the entire staff this year, I think. So, uh, so Shane, you know, you're a Sioux City kid, I guess if we want to call you that. You know, we, we always talk about food here uh, to the point where I don't know that there's there's a whole lot where we can talk about it. But I have to ask, you know, since you're from Sioux City, and we ask a lot of outsiders, you know, when you come to town, um, what is it that, that you have to hit up when you're here in town? When you're from Sioux City, do you find that some of the places we talk about don't have the same appeal or polish that, 
maybe other people think um, just because it's something you're used to? I mean, I, I have not heard everyone you guys have said, but I would assume um, you guys say the regulars, right? Fredo's yeah. Pizza, yeah. La Juan, um, which are, are some of my favorites. Um, definitely when I was living in Denver, when I would come home, I, I definitely had to hit up um, La Juan's. I love me some Pickermans, um, Alfredo's. Um, man, catch me on a whim here. Daga's on wheels. I love that. Um, it's a food truck. Big time underrated. Yeah. It's city place. If you haven't checked that out, check that out. If you've never had the flaming hot Cheeto burrito yep. from Degas on Wheels, you're missing the boat, Matt. Never had it. I'll check that out. Is it? Yeah, you got, you're missing the boat, then. Isn't it's, Denver uh, no, it's, a big uh, Mexican food destination too? Don't they have a lot of a good Mexican? Yeah, food? yeah. Really, their staple is green chili on everything. They mm -hmm. they put green chili on like everything up there. Um, but they do have great Mexican food there as well. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Dag is on wheel. It changes like locations, you know, a couple times a week where it's in different spots. I know it's on Floyd Boulevard sometimes in Morningside, but if you haven't checked that out, check that place out. It's good. Being a downtown guy like you are, Matt, for work, I mean, it's it's at Food Truck Fridays pretty much every week. Yep. So it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of embarrassing for you that you've never had it. Well, you know, when I get to Food Truck Fridays, really, it's kind of a time efficiency thing. It's like wherever I can find the shortest line, that's usually where I end up. Yeah, yeah you won't okay. find that at Daggers. No, you're going to have a long line there. So I, I can get on board with that. That's just not – I don't have that same situation when I go there. Yeah, I think – I'm, I think planning, I'm, out, I'm planning out an hour and a half for lunch that day. <laughs> well, we have to uh, – speaking of food, you know, we do our, our uh, starting fives every week. And so uh, I wanted to uh, get talking about food since we didn't last week, which is unusual for us. But uh, – you know, it's fall time. Actually, it's, it's disappointing, Matt, is what it is. Well, yeah. It's disappointing. I think half the people who listen to us listen to us. I mean, I agree. whatever. But uh, what are we eating? And so I thought what we could talk about uh, for each of your starting fives is, and I'm going to leave this pretty open-ended, so feel free to interpret this however you want. But, um, you know, since the weather's starting to get cool now, I know we had a couple warm days last week, but – it's chilly tonight. I had my kids football practice and it was, it was chilly out there. So, you know, we're in fall. I consider it fall once you're in mid October. So let's go with your starting five uh, for fall time foods. And you can interpret that. How you want. Uh, that could be football tailgating food. It could be uh, whatever you like to eat when you've got the fireplace going on a, a cold evening, uh, whatever you, whatever you want to, or however you want to interpret that, you know, feel free. But uh, what are your starting fives for fall time foods? Um, in no particular order here, right? Does that have to be in order? No, you can. Some people position right. them, but you can just. Oh, you I'm can just gonna them throw off. them out there. Definitely, I'm a big. Um, I, some people think this is weird. I don't think this is weird. Chili with cinnamon rolls. Is that weird? Um, I've, I've heard mixed reactions. That so they're not meant to go together. I've, I've. It's an interesting one because I, as an Omaha native. I think it's like a really Midwest thing. Is it? I think it's more of a small town thing. I never knew about it until I started recruiting, like as a young coach and going to like small school games. And it'd be like special in the in the cafeteria tonight, $3 for a bowl of chili and a cinnamon roll. Literally. I was like, what? Dude, that'd be a meal at my high school lunch. Like just that. Yeah, see, we didn't have that where I grew up. Yeah. But, but yeah, it that. is a thing. Okay, so that's that's got to be on the list. Um um, definitely, I'm a big, uh, you know, get the smoker out when football's on, when it gets a little cold, and do some brisket and some, you know, pulled pork, ribs, whatever you got. 
Um, definitely big barbecue guy. So that's got to be in there. Um, cold day, maybe, you know, before it's snow, it's raining a little bit. Or even when it's snowing, I like to do a grilled cheese with some tomato soup. Mm. You know, my grandma's special. Uh, my grandma makes – I like where heads out with yeah, that one. Yeah, great. That's a great pick for fall. Um, you know, my boy Jordan Comstock, he played with us when we were here. You know, I can't name a ton of things that he did around the house when I lived with him that were great. Um, except for he did um, – he made this mean, like, chill or chicken rice with gravy and he put it in a crock pot and i'm telling you what he used to do it you know on game day and we'd have it for like a week we'd have it he'd, you know put it in the fridge he'd, he'd throw some noodles in there too i think chicken rice noodles and gravy and like a special shout out to him because i used to like beg for him to make it because it was that good so that's in there um and also so gotta give a shout out to my uh you know the midwest people they like to hunt and fish out here so some deer jerky for sure in the wintertime. These guys get their fresh deer, and uh, they make some deer jerky. And I'll tell you what, I've had some damn good deer jerky from around here. That was well done. Yeah, that's a, Thank you. That's a good starting five. You'll win some games with that starting five, I think. All right, so Shane, Shane's got a nice little starting five there. And there's going to be at least one carryover for sure. And, you know, when you first told me the topic, Matt, I, I kind of took offense because I'll eat good food year-round regardless of, of the season. But as I thought about it, there probably are some things that, that I don't eat other than in the fall or early winter. And so I'm going to start with my point guard as just a good bowl of chili. No beans necessary, hmm. chili. Yeah, you might think that's weird. That's okay. You go with the spice? I like mild. Yeah, yeah. George likes his chicken spicy, if you know my Seinfeld reference. Um, yeah, I, I want my chili spicy. I also have a weird thing that uh, I picked up from a guy that I, I lived with when I was a grad assistant, Nick Bros. He and I coached together for two years. Um, I saw him doing this when we lived together, and it struck me as really odd, and now I've found myself doing it. So he would take a saltine cracker, which is no big deal, saltine cracker and chili. Awesome combo. He would put peanut butter on the saltine cracker and then dunk it in the chili and eat it. Mm. Um, I made fun of him for about two times. Um, because when you're a grad assistant, you don't make much money. Chili's not that expensive to make, so we'd make a huge pot for us to eat for a week or so. Yep. Well, I slowly started doing it, and now I can't eat chili without doing that for at least a few saltine crackers worth. So shout out to Nick Bros on that one. <laughs> um, but ch chili's my point guard. I'm going to jump ahead to my post player, and then we'll fill in everywhere else. Um, pumpkin pie, mm. something I don't eat really outside of the fall season. I think pumpkin's way overused in way too many things, but a good old-fashioned pumpkin pie with a nice little dollop of whipped cream, that's tough to beat in the fall. Um, so now I need, my, I need my three wing players. And going on Shane's topic of football food, you got to have some good hot wings, bone-in, spicy buffalo sauce. I don't need anything. I don't want barbecue. I don't want, you know, the Parmesan garlic stuff. Yeah. Just give me a spicy buffalo sauce. Keep it simple. And if it's a good sauce and the wings are cooked right, you don't need ranch or blue cheese. Mm -hmm. it takes care of itself. So here's another one. You know, it's good soup weather when it gets a little chilly, you know, starts raining, snowing. Um, and I, I do really like soup. I think corn is overused in soup. I don't think corn should go in soup. There's another little side note. 
Um, and my wife actually makes a good amount of good soups. And I'm going to pick one. She makes a lasagna soup. Mm. That's awesome. Um, so my wife's lasagna soup is our second wing player. And so I, I hate to have two carryovers with Shane. One, because I don't want to agree with Shane that much. Um, but I think it's well documented that I, I've become a, an amateur barbecuer. Mm-hmm. And so when he's talking about getting the smoker out and, and doing some pulled pork or ribs, I mean, I think he's spot on. That's a year-round thing, but it's still good in the fall. And so just doing some ribs and pulled pork on the grill, there's our last wing player. I mean, that's, that's a formidable starting five that I'm pretty confident is beating Shane's starting five. And it's, it's also well-documented, Matt, that I'm not a big fan of Thanksgiving foods. So right. you, yeah. you noticed there was some probably absences in there. And I just want to remind people that Thanksgiving is the most overrated food holiday there is. Yeah. And we've talked about that. That's somewhat controversial take, but I mean, we'd love to hear people weigh in on that. So, all right. Well, Shane, uh, we appreciate having you on. I know you got uh, stuff to do, so we're going to, uh, let you get out of here, but, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing how things go this season. It's going to be great to see you back in, in uh, blue and gold, even though it'll be with a tie-on probably. But, uh, you know, it's going to be great to have you around. You mean a lot to this program, uh, especially for folks who have been really paying attention the last few years. There's some special seasons here. So thanks for coming on. We look forward to seeing you around the season. Yeah, heck yeah, I appreciate it. Sorry I got to run. I got my sister in town from Arizona. So I've got a legit excuse. She leaves tomorrow, and I got to meet her tonight for dinner. Um, so – Apologize for leaving early, but I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm super pumped for this season. I'm excited to hopefully, um, you know, we can get some fans in here eventually. And I'm super excited for, you know, the Briarcliff vibes around basketball season to be back. So looking forward to it. You know, before we wrap things up, Coach, uh, we've got to talk about your life rules. I know we missed that last week. And I know some people really take what you what you uh, share with them in terms of your your wisdom to heart. And so I want to make sure that, our listeners are wandering through life without some kind of guidance to lead them through. So uh, before we wrap things up, let's, uh, let's hear your, your life rule. So this is, uh, this is an interesting one, and it's probably more directed at all of our current players, and our former players will laugh about it. My life rule is flush the toilet when you're done. And I have to yell at our guys like once a year in our locker room, they don't, they don't flush the urinal. And I just, I mean, it's generally disgusting. And the only semi-legitimate argument I've ever heard is that it's one of the very few urinals on Briarcliff's campus that isn't an automatic flusher. And so they they have the habit of just walking away and it does the work for you. And so about once a year we have to run because that's a great reminder for our guys to do what they need to do. But simple life rule should be, I mean, I, I'm embarrassed for humanity that I have to bring that up at all. But, uh, you know, there that's where we're at. It's, it's 2020, Matt. Weird there's things. Something, there's something to that, though. I mean, I like my wife's car has the automatic lights, and my car doesn't. You have to turn the switch in mine. And so there have been times where I get used to driving her car for a week because she's not driving it, and I want to drive the nicer car. And then I'll get back to the, the old 2010 Fusion, uh, and I'll forget to turn the lights on just because I was conditioned to forget about it. So I, I, you know, I think there's some legitimacy there, but you're also adults and you've been using this thing since you were three years old. So I also see your side. All right. Well, that's going to do it uh, for this week's edition of the BC Buckets podcast. Thanks for everybody uh, who listens to this. Make sure you get those listener questions in. Those can be sent to us through Twitter at BC Buckets cast 
or through email at bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com. On behalf of Coach Figuera and Coach Graves, this is Matt. We'll talk to you next week.